Welcome to Off Trail with Erie Metro Parks. My name is Mike Hensley and I'm your host. And today we're talking about wildflowers. Yay. Whoop, whoop. All right. So today we have our newest employee and quickly becoming one of my friends because I, I think what most of what he does is cool and he's got all kinds of cool hobbies and things. So it's Kippy. <laughs> All right. Hi, Kippy. Hi, guys. So, do you want to introduce yourself? Okay. Uh, I'm Kippy Lachlan, and I have start. I started at working at Erie Metro Parks about a month and a half ago. I am the current digital media and information technology coordinator, as well as some marketing. And uh, I love my job. Awesome. That's Yay. what we want to hear. Yeah. Um, exactly. So Kippy is probably. He's a whiz, man. He gets stuff done so quick. It's it's wildly impressive. Um, yes. Especially one during a pandemic. Two, we we had this crazy work schedule for a little while, and he's just he's just efficient. It's awesome. It's nice, and he's a breath of fresh air. Yeah. Oh, so you just guys. hopped so, on board yeah. and just started. Now we're gonna see how you do in a podcast. <laughs> 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 I put him in like a, a weird one that he knows nothing about if we were talking about 80s themed anything he'd probably just like own the entire podcast and oh, go oh, actually mike this you're wrong completely <laughs> so <laughs> i like the way wildflowers look yeah so all right so we're gonna be talking about wildflowers but first i wanted cheryl um to talk about her little um it's not little it's actually stinking awesome she created like a new way to kind of let people around the county know what what flowers are coming up in the parks so you want to kind of talk about that real quick sure. too all right so i started a bloom report and so i started going around different parks and kind of taking note of what flowers are blooming at that point of time so i called this bloom report what's up and it's, I'm so stinking proud of that title. I love it too, which sparked me to create a bird report because I'm always, even when I'm not working, I'm, I'm out looking for birds, do, uh, scouring the county. We've talked about this thousands of times on podcast about my obsession with birds. Yeah. So this sparked me to create a what's on wing so birds we're seeing around the park and we're going to have that go out too. But Cheryl's what's up is really cool because... She's going to tell you exactly where these things are and you can go to find them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I can't tell you yep. where the birds are going to be because <laughs> they could be there one minute and gone the next. So, yep. So yeah, this report just has fun little facts about each wildflower. Uh, Mike helps me look for flowers as well. He sends me species as well as our natural resources department. So it's a, it's a team effort. Um, so yeah. So if you want to check out the bloom report, I post it on Tuesdays every week on Facebook. So there's already two up. We've had lots of flowers blooming right now. So check which, it out. Which reminds me, Cheryl, when you walked in the building, you don't come in the middle anymore, do you? No, no. none of us do. We all come in the side. Did mm -hmm. you see the cluster of bloodroot that is out in front of the building? I noticed it's, it blooms there. Yeah, and but it's like huge now. Like really? Yeah, it's like a whole like little like two by three area I'll of just blood root. So it's pretty cool. No. <laughs> so I know it blooms there. I haven't seen it yet this year. <laughs> Osborne has blood root there, and there's always a jack in the pulpit that shoots up in the back by that rock. 
But anyway, yeah. those are much later wildflowers. We have other ones yeah. to talk about. <laughs> so I have, I have a question. Yes. So I'm noticing a lot of daffodils everywhere, like just in the past week. Are, are those considered wildflowers? I mean, because they do just come up wherever. Okay. So Cheryl, you want to cover this one? Sure. So daffodils are a non-native flower. So a daffodil has to be planted there by either mostly humans, but I imagine animals can plant them as well, like squirrels, they'll plant the bulbs. Um, so the reason why you see daffodils pretty much ever in front of the frost center and the back of the frost center, it's very beautiful. There was a, a volunteer and he worked or he um, was a part of the men's uh, garden club. His name was Bill Schroeder. I believe that's his last name. Bill Schroeder, and they, they, his nickname was Daffodil Bill. Which I thought was a complete lie when I heard this. I had to confirm <laughs> with our one of our park historians, Sandy Flitner, and I was like, "This yeah. is this is false. This is fibbery." <laughs> did, did anyone ever so, call him Daffy? Oh, <laughs> but Daffodil Bill is like it, it couldn't have lined up better. I know. So Daffodil Bill planted the daffodil. If his name would have been the Tom. Center. If his name would have been Tom, Jerry, Kevin, Richard, Fred, it wouldn't have worked. Right. And so they just come up every year without they fail. They come up every year. Every okay. year without, yeah. And they're usually, they're the first ones people notice because they are big. They're, they're large bright, yeah. and they're bright. Um, but there are other ones that, that shoot up that are non-native and native um, mm -hmm. that kind of pop up around different places. Um, and there's definitely some that we've already missed um, that you won't get to see until next year. Yeah. So... What's weird about Ohio is we're like this cross area between the Midwest and the eastern part of the U.S. So we get this, especially where we are in Erie County, we get this weird kind of mix. And being up near the lake, too, we get this weird mix of fl wildflowers and, and plants in general. Um, and even and even woody shrubs and things. We get this weird kind of mixture. And because we were, we're getting some plants from the eastern part of Appalachia, where it kind of passes over, and then these we're really more of a prairie area and we're getting kind of wildflowers like that, but we do have some woodland species. We do have some cool ones, especially out at Edison woods and things. But once you get to the mm -hmm. Western part of the, the County, it really starts to kind of change over and move into a more, like we I'd mentioned prairie habitat. So there are 1800 native species of plants in Ohio and all of them flower. So mm. there's a little bit of confusion when people think of a wildflower, so trees flower, everything flowers, but the wildflowers are what we're thinking of when you think of small, it's, it's a general term, but like small, tiny flowers you find across the ground. So not always what you see on the tree, but things do flower. So to cover that bit of confusion, if anybody yeah. ever was curious about that. So, yeah. so Cheryl, what are some of the ones that we might've missed already? Some of the wildflowers we might have missed like well, that one of, popped up one of my favorite ones which when you this flower you don't really think of when you think of wildflower if you think of a wildflower you think of beautiful like purples and whites and yellows and like beautiful petals well one of my favorite wildflowers is skunk cabbage <gasps> yes it see yeah but when you see it you don't it doesn't look like a wildflower no, exactly. Kippy's like, I don't even know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, 
I'm like, does it get its name from the smell of the flower? Yeah. It does. Yeah. It smells real stinky. Like, and, and what's cool about it is like when you're walking through the woods, you know what it is. After you yes. smell it one time, you're like, I got it. That That's definitely skunk cabbage. <laughs> so. Yeah, it definitely has a, like a irregular shape to it. And it's a deep maroon, like neon green speckled flower. I'm trying to describe the shape. It's like not quite an egg shape, but it comes to a point and then inside is the flower part. And, um, it, it's, it has a really nasty odor to it. The main pollinator for it is our flies. So it kind of emits a rotten meat, gross smell to it. So, so once you step on it, it smells really bad. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and the really cool thing about it is it's one of the first wildflowers to bloom in Ohio. So it, it pops up when it's when there's still snow on the ground, but to kind of protect the flower itself and inside it generates heat. So it'll melt the snow around the actual flower to kind of protect it from the cold elements. Which so. always makes me still to this day, a fact I've known for so long. And I'm still just like, it's like, that's it. like, how, like how did a, a plant evolve to get to that point? It's just fascinating. They're so cool. And so, go ahead, Kibby. So if I went out there today to look for one, I wouldn't find one. They, they might still be lingering, uh, but right now a lot of them have leafed out into the big giant leaves that it turns into. Yeah. So if you go out to DuPont Marsh, you've walked out there before, yeah. all the way out at the end of the trail that kind of walks up against the water. Um, and there's a bunch of it down there Okay. Yes. at that end. Um mm -hmm. And it's always funny because when you think of a wildflower, Cheryl's like the end of February, beginning of March, like she's out the door looking for skunk cabbage. Yeah, it's my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> so you're like, what are you doing? So there are some other ones um, that can be seen around the parks. Snowdrops are one. Mm -hmm. um, winter aconite. That one is the non-native. The squills, so they're a tiny little blue one. They're not native oh, yeah. as well. Yeah. And then the crocuses, they're all gone now. So those ones have all popped up like right after the snow melts or as the snow's melting, they pop up and then they'll seed, die, go right back into the ground where they were before. Mm -hmm. So that that's the cool thing because we call most of these flowers that do this called, are called spring ephemerals. So they're up for a very short window, maybe a week to two weeks, depending on, um, you know, habitat and you know, mm -hmm. things that are in there. So that's important to, to know that some of these, when the reason Cheryl's putting out these bloom reports so quickly is because you have a tight window to see some of these yeah. that sure. you won't be able to see till next year. But what about medicinal properties? Do any of these wildflowers <clears throat> have any medicinal properties? Can you make tea or, or, or make edibles or anything with these flowers or no? So some of them, yes. I don't always like to tell people cause you never know what kind of reactions are, are people are going yeah. to have, but there are ones like, um, so stinging nettle is one, but you have to harvest the leaves before it becomes fully mature, or then you're basically going to be drinking <laughs> sandpaper or fiberglass is what yeah. it would feel like. And it's probably pretty bitter, right? Uh, it is, but it's also like, it's good for like, a, like Native Americans use that for like sore throats and things like that. Oh, gotcha. Nettle um, tea, gotcha. Yeah. 
So what about mm-hmm. another question? Um, dandelions. I know there's a lot of medicinal properties. Of dandel- are those considered yes. a wildflower? Yes. Here? Okay. Mm-hmm. They are. And the, the greens are the best part in there. And then you've heard of people making things like dandelion wine yeah. and things like that. So there's a lot of things you can do with that. And there's a few invasives that you can do um, with. So there's garlic mustard. So that's starting to come up. Um, it won't reach maturity for a few more weeks. But that one, people can like take the leaves and you can make like a pesto with it. Like a, which is mm-hmm. really good. I've made it a few times and it's, it's fabulous. Nice. Yeah. So. If you just crush the leaves, it smells really good. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's garlicky. Yeah. <laughs> it's a real garlicky. Yeah. So <laughs> take it easy on the garlic. So, and <laughs> it's the reason it's called the mustard. So it doesn't, it's not yellow. There's no, there's no yellow on the plant whatsoever with the exception of the pollen that might be down in there. Um, but the mustard is just a family of flowers that it's in. So, yeah. Um, so Cheryl, what are some other ones we're starting to see kind of pop up around the parks? So we're starting spring beauties have been out for a couple weeks Mm -hmm. and spring beauties are these really adorable little flowers. They have five petals with pink stripes and, um, those pink stripes are actually called nectar guides for pollinators. So those will attract pollinators and kind of point them to where the nectar source is so they have time to pollinate. Um, you can think of it the... as a landing runway for yes. a pollinator. Like there's a strip. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> it's funny because Kippy was throwing up his hands like he's the traffic air traffic control guy. Yeah. That's what the stamen and the pistols are for on the flower part. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> we figured it out. Geniuses. <laughs> uh, what else? Uh, we're seeing cut leaf tooth warts. That's one of my favorites. Awful name for a flower, but so pretty. <laughs> tooth warts. <laughs> and then funny thing is somebody, I think it was Melissa the other day. Remember last year when I put that on stories and I put toot wart instead of tooth wart? <laughs> yeah, she sent that to me the other day. She's just like, never forget. So... <laughs> And we so never will. That went out it's on so our hard. public stories that uh-huh. cut leaf toot wart, but it's tooth wart. I, I don't forget who noticed it, but it was I, so funny. Somebody it, did notice it. Somebody. Though. Oh yeah. yeah. Someone noticed it. I think it was, it was, I think it was Cheryl. I would have been like, awesome. It's, it's kind of <laughs> like skunk cabbage. <laughs> it smells yes. like farts, right? When you walk by. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Um, what else have uh, we seen? Did you uh, say blood root? Purple crest. Oh, purple crest. Yep. Yeah. Blood roots up. It's, um, yeah, they're popping up everywhere now. Yeah. Um, what else? Uh, Dutchman's breeches. Oh yeah. I found those the other day. That's right. Those, those are really good. They, um, those look like an upside down pair of pants. Yeah. It's, it's a white flower with two kind of looks like an arrow, like an upside down arrow. And like the points are pointing up and it looks like a pair of pantaloons <laughs> or <laughs> pirate pants. Pants. Yeah. And um, those have a special shape for bumblebees. Bumblebees will usually pollinate those. So there's another one that that is I don't think we get it here, but there's squirrel corn. That's a relative of that. Very similar. Yeah. 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 They, they're they're 
look very, very similar. So what about the the milkweed guys? My son and I were out a couple months ago and they were all dried up. You could tell they dropped their seeds. It might have even been from last year. So do they mm-hmm. end up blooming later in the in the season or do they So they are much, much later. So okay. they're gonna you'll we'll start to see those kind of pop up in, you know, mid to late May. And they take a while to reach maturity and flower out. And that's because of the the monarch population as they're moving through and kind of um going through their life cycle and making more young to travel down to Mexico, they need a a sustainable amount of milkweed throughout that time. So that's why that plant kind of takes a while. Mm -hmm. So so I know there's a lot of milkweed out near our, our butterfly area Mm -hmm. in the discovery trail. Is, is that something we planted there or is all that natural? So a little bit of both. Yeah. 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 It's definitely both. So Tara, our natural resource manager did a pollinator patch out there years ago and then Th- those seeds, once they pop out of those pods, they just float everywhere. And if you if you go to Eagle Point Community Foundation Preserve at Eagle Point, we uh, manage a property right next to that, the old drive-in that used to be here in Sandusky, and that is just like us, like Floated. a sea gotcha. of milkweed. Yeah, it is. It, it's pretty impressive. That's where I either there or at Osborne are where I see the most. Um, you know. When the, the monarchs are grouping up to head south, that's where I see the most of them. Is that both of those two areas? Um, so what else? What else can we see in the next few weeks to come, Cheryl? Let me think. Um, one that I haven't seen since I went to school at Hawking, it's a really bright, bright red wildflower called fire pink. And it's a forested species and it's just that's my favorite beautiful that's my is favorite it? wildflower yep is it oh, yep. it's it's beautiful and um i have to ask either brad or tara if they've seen any in the parks because i've been kind of looking out for it but i don't think i found a good spot for it fun fact about fire pinks is they're another one that's specifically designed for their pollinators it either has to be um a moth or a butterfly with a long proboscis or um, a uh, hummingbird. Sorry, I blanked on oh, what I was yeah. there. Because yeah. they have those long tongues to reach down in there, they can't. So they, they if we got rid of those things, um, they would the fire pink wouldn't be here anymore. So And if, if we do have it, Cheryl, I would almost guarantee that it is at Edison Woods. Okay. Hold I'll on have to wander some more. All of these... Uh, wildflowers that we're seeing and we're going to see more and people always think spring wild is the only time you get wildflowers that's not true at all actually we we kind of see um wildflowers throughout the year even into september when you go to the quarry and you get the fringe gentian that one is one that doesn't bloom until september so you know late august september i always love going over there and taking a picture of them because they're always I think that's one of the most photogenic flowers that there They're is. They're beautiful, yeah. So, well, what about the water flowers? Those are pretty photogenic. Um, do we get a lot of wildflowers like and lilies and water lotus and stuff mm-hmm. like that? Yeah. So, actually, if you go out to the bay right now, and I, I only know this because I'm out there all the time, is you can see the green starting to pop up, and then in a few weeks, it'll they'll all the 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 green will be towards the top of it, and then probably about. The beginning of June, you'll start to see the flowers start to, <laughs> you'll see the flowers start to come out and then um, it'll basically be a sea that you can't really even paddle through and things anymore. Just kind of, yeah. uh, it just blocks everything off in the bay. 
So which is better than invasives? But we have the um, the water lilies and the lotuses are out there as well. So nice. The water lilies are just a little bit <laughs> because the lotus are so big. It's harder to find the the water lilies sometimes. Yeah. And so the 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 pads that a lot of you know that you typically hear the frogs resting on mm-hmm. and and you know and, uh, that are out there. Those aren't really flowers. Those are just greenage. That's that's yeah uh, yeah. Okay. That's like the the photosynthetic that's what's bringing in the sunlight and helping them so like solar mm-hmm. panels yeah okay. that is the best description that i've ever yeah. heard for them that is exactly <laughs> what they are because some of them get pretty big yeah know? like massive yeah. like and what's cool about it is like birds and stuff land on there too so like if i'm paddling out there sometimes with a group or something i'll get like um some sandpipers and things that'll hop off of those and kind of move over into the brush and things so nice. it's, it's cool lots and of tra- Sorry, go ahead, Cheryl. Oh, oh, you're fine. It's it's cool when you're kayaking through the lotus too, because it's those pads are just giant. They're yeah. huge, and you can take your paddle and dump some water on there, and it the water just beads off of it because it's so waterproof, and it's super fun. I don't know if it was you. No, it was it was Melissa. We had talked about this last year. I said someone needs to like like create a like wetsuit that like reflects like water lilies and, and like lotus do mm-hmm. like like that Gore-Tex thing like the water just like sh- yeah. shears right off like something like that it's like Rain-X yeah yeah like that lasts on your car for like a week yeah <laughs> <laughs> all right so where are some good parks that people can find wildflowers in early spring and then we'll talk about uh, summer and then fall later yeah so uh early spring Osborne Metro Park is awesome especially the Northwood, Northwoods Trail. So you can find the, the Northwoods Trail by the Kinship Building and the Care Facility. Um, you can just, when you go into Osborne, there's that little playground on your right-hand side. Across the street from there is the Northwoods Trail. And you can find Spring Beauties, Dutchman's Breaches, um, I believe... Um, Virginia bluebells bloom in there as well. Yeah, there's a small little colony of them in there. Yeah, and a little bit of trillium. Oh, I forgot about trillium. Um, <laughs> there's all kinds of really awesome wildflowers there. And, and it's a nice short little walk too. So if you're not really looking to walk really far, that's a really good spot to go look for them. Uh, but if you want to walk a little bit further, Edison Woods along the Southridge Trail is really, really good too. Absolutely. That's one of my favorites yeah. you can find. You have to look a little harder sometimes in some of those areas, but they're they're good too. Yeah. Uh, the quarry is also really good, um, especially yeah. in summer and into fall. They get some of those other ones. Like you get yarrow out there. And like I had mentioned, you get fringe gentian and hawkweed and a lot of daisies and things that pop up mm-hmm. kind of in the middle of summer. Um, so those are all good. And then the Indian pipe, which pops up at Huffman oh, Forest at Huffman. Metro Park. That one's a really cool one. It's a, it's like a, it's just completely different from any other type of flower. And we could talk about that for an entire podcast, but we won't yet. <laughs> so, um, all right. So I have a trivia question for you guys. We're going to see if you guys can get it right. You ready? Oh gosh. All right. What percentage of the world's flowers do you think are blue? There are there are like true blue. True blue. There are two hundred and eighty thousand species of 
flowers, wildflowers in the world? Cheryl? <laughs> I don't think any are blue. Uh, I Wait, would, right? Oh. I would say 18%. All right. What's your percentage, Cheryl? This is tricky. Because I really don't think there's like a royal blue color flower. Um, I'm going to say zero. Zero. <laughs> Kippy, you win. It's 10%. I am really? wild I am wildly impressed at how close you were. If you would yeah. have said if you would have said one percent, Cheryl, you would have won. <laughs> 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 no. <laughs> like no, yeah, if Cheryl said one or two, it would have been as high. Yeah. Like the price is right. Yeah. $1. That was impressive. Really? That, was, that I, is. I was wildly impressed that Kippy got that. As, as close as he did with having job, having Kippy. minimal flower. Very knowledge. minimal. Like I, I'm thinking in my head and, and I and I was noticing some of those like the like you know, the blue-eyed grasses are kind of purple, but they're not blue. But then there's, like, the blue irises and stuff. Yeah. So I was like, there's some blue flowers, but yeah. I it's, it's not. Then Cheryl had me thinking maybe it's a lot. Well, because, like, if you look at bluebells, when you look at some of them, they're, like, a pinkish purple. Yeah. So, like, people wouldn't. And But the, sometimes the names can be misleading, too. So, so yeah, I, I, I thought that was fascinating. Like, I didn't I didn't realize. Cool. So what's, what's the most, what's the most uh, common color, would you say? Uh, it's, it's yellow. Yellow is the most common. Yellow for sure. Red is like a 25%. They're not super uncommon, but yellow is just, it's everywhere. So like when you think of dandelions, daisies, all those. The yeah. yellow just attracts the insects. Yeah, more, because so. they have a, they can see a different color spectrum than we can. They see UV light and cross wild spectrums, colors that we can't even think through in our brain. Hence why I use UV lights to attract moths. So, so yeah. That's cool. So now it's time for the news article. That's Yay. how we introduce the news article every time, Kippy. So if I get annoying, <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> All right. So this one's not as good as the other ones. Um, I've been struggling to find good news articles lately. Um, so an absolute. I usually just read the title, Kippy, and then we talk about it a little bit because I read the whole article in detail and. I send it to you guys, but if you if you wanted to read it later, you can. So, an absolute plague of mice is ravaging Eastern Australia. So when I read it, I was like, "Oh, that that's not like super cool." So basically, what happened was is there was a lab that had rats, and like twenty of them escaped, and now it mm -hmm. is like starting to become an invasive problem. And if you ever follow any of the ecology in Australia. Not that anybody in Erie County probably does except for me. Um, I have some friends there. That's probably why. They always have something going on, whether it's a wildfire or um, something related to invasive species or something's burning or whatever. And this is where we had the the impacted... Uh, remember that lizard story, Cheryl, where it had like the, the lizard was like eight pounds yes. of poop? Yes. Yeah, so... This is in that same region. So these these mice are just starting or are really starting to take over and people are finding them like kind of like here at the Frost Center. They're finding them like when they open up their cabinets, like in, in everything. Um, and then what I guess the tipping point was is there was a judge who went to go and open her gavel box. And when she opened her gavel box, there was a dead mouse inside of it. Gross. Like, so he must have climbed in, like, squoze himself in there and, and not been able to get out. So 
And then she was like, all right, enough's enough. Yeah. <laughs> like somebody's, somebody's out to get me. Yeah. <laughs> I would think too, I would be like, but the irony of this story is I, this is 100% true. Um, so we have a garage attached to our house at my house and mice can get in like through the garage door. Sometimes I leave it cracked and things. Well, there was a mouse in the kitchen last night <laughs> and we have a small light on, you know, like the light on your stove that was on. And I saw the mouse dart across the floor. So I tried to pick up my feet. I swear this is a hundred percent truth. I, 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 I could swear on anything you want my children, whatever. I promise you this is true. When I went to put my foot back down, my big toe landed on top of the mouse. <laughs> and like, I woke everyone up in the house because I was like, oh, because I get scared. Like, I just, I, I was Probably aware. a little of, higher tone was, than that. <laughs> <laughs> Save me. Um, like, I. It, Thomas. <laughs> like, a, a mouse on the bottom of your foot is a strange feeling. Like, I, I could see Weird. it. I could see it shoot across the floor, and I tried to like. And he darted back. He or she darted back, and I stepped on it, and it made a little noise when I did it. Because <laughs> so, I'm a big guy. Like I mean, any guy, uh, average guy, 160, 170 pounds. Like that's gonna hurt that mouse. Like, and then I didn't kill it, but I, I so I set a trap and um, at three in the morning out of anger, put some peanut butter on it and pushed it back by the fridge. So hopefully. That mouse is gone by tomorrow. It might, it very well might be. So he's still there and a little pissed off and trapped. <laughs> so the the bad thing is, is we wouldn't have had this part of the story if we'd have done the podcast one day earlier. So, but oh, it, it is a hundred percent real. Like, I so you caught a mouse with your big toe. <laughs> I didn't catch him. I just squeaked him with my big toe. <laughs> and the worst part is, is like. I was like, I was like, oh, mice carry bacteria, blah blah blah. So I took hand sanitizer and squirted it on my big toe, <laughs> and just like let it sit there for a little while. Oh my so, gosh! Oh so yeah. So that's how my morning that's funny. went. Anybody see? All right. So that's all we have for you guys, and we hope you guys had a good time listening, and we hope you guys keep listening and keep hanging out with us. And Kippy, thank you for hanging out with us, and you're going to be hanging out with us pretty much forever. Yay. from now on so all right <laughs> goodbye everyone see ya bye